1: Party people, what is good? We're both laughing because Brooksy is making jokes before we started this podcast. It's Sorry. Sunday, March 7th. Danny Vietti, Will Middlebrooks, the World Series champ. Yeah, it's Sunday, not a Wednesday, not a hump day. They what move. We talking about here today? You, you like the shirt? We talk enough Red Sox as is.
2: Well, you know what? My buddy Tommy McLaughlin, head clubby of the Sox. He uh, he likes to hook it up for me because he's my boy. And we were close when I was over there. And it was just, we were texting. And he was like, I'm going to send you a care package. And I'm thinking, sweet, dude. I need a new shirt. Like, give me a new workout shirt. It's pretty cool. You can see the boys wearing this on TV. No big deal. But uh, package shows up, like, seven sweatshirts. I'm talking massive shipment. I had, like, at least 10 shirts, four sweatshirts, uh visors. You just throw random stuff in there. I don't even wear visors. I gave it so to my wife. And you my don't daughter.
1: wear half of it. And and guess how much? Guess how much Danny received of Will's package? Zero. Excuse
2: me? Never uh, even an
1: offer. Didn't even get like a hey Danny, you want this sweatshirt that
2: I'm not gonna Number watch? one, you're six six. I'm six three. We weigh, we weigh the same. True. Do you wear an extra large? Yes. All right. Same your address. I'll take care of you.
1: Okay. I'm going to hold you to it. All
2: right.
1: Deal we'll be talking me. plenty of Red Sox. We'll be talking plenty of Red Sox. We got American League East predictions preview show today. We're going to have Michael Waka, Brooksy's homegrown buddy from back That's in high right. school. That's the right.
2: Takes our Texas. We grew up uh, playing against each other in high school, Little League. He was two years younger than me, but um, I, after I graduated my senior year of high school, American Legion baseball, I played on the played on the same team from my sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Uh, so Walk and I played together my senior year of high school. It was after his sophomore year of high school. Guy was just like six, four, 170 pounds, soaking wet. Just, just flipping family. 82 mile per hour, six seamers up there. <laughs> Good dude, though. He could pitch. He could throw multiple pitches for strikes. I mean, most people couldn't do that in high school. And then all of a sudden, I look up. He's at Tech a I'm throwing a million.
1: So when we bring Walk on, I'm going to ask you this right now before we even get, to them, get into it. So he played against you guys in the 2013 World Series, obviously. Yeah. The, you know, the infamous trip on Alan Craig. Can we please ask him about the trip?
2: Yeah, I'll ask him. I might even – I have the cleats in here. I'll have to dig them out. I have the cleats I was wearing in that game with Alan Craig's blood all over him still <laughs> from that dirty play of mine. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the AL East. You're
1: a bad human. You're just a bad human being.
2: <clears throat> sorry, I'm sorry.
1: All right, let's get into the AL East, and we'll bring Walker back on later. But American League East, who do you – first of all, who do you have winning this division I mean, here in 2021?
2: Well, that's a tough one. Uh, let me check my notes here, Dan. Yankees. I got the Yankees. I even I even predicted records. All right, I went ninety six and sixty six for the New York Yankees. I'd give them over hundred, but I'm not that sold on their rotation yet. Mm-hmm. You know what we're gonna get from Cole? He's gonna be a stud. Right now, their number two is Corey Kluber. He got eleven mil and he's thrown twenty eight and a third and two seasons. That's an issue. He could be great. He could be terrible. We don't know, but either way he got paid. Good for him. Uh, number three, Jameson Tyone. Love the guy who had him on the show. Great human being still don't know what we're going to get there. Uh, he's coming back from his second, Tommy John. Um, yeah. yeah, brand new elbow basically. So I mean, his, his videos he's posted, uh, what we've seen in spring training so far, he looks he looks good. Jordan Montgomery, Garcia, Herman. The uh, wild card for me is Luis Severino. Right. When do we see him back? Because we've talked about this before. Severino has, I face Cole, I face Severino. They, Severino's stuff when he's on is just as good as Garrett Cole's. Mm-hmm. Heard it here. Promise you that.
1: Nasty. That's not even a hot take, honestly.
2: That's- no, it's not. It's lukewarm lukewarm tape anybody who's faced both of them fully fully understands where i'm coming from so when they get him back what kind of shape he's in uh as far as what how many starts are going to get out of him how many innings are going to get out of him is the velo there is the bite you know the spin rate is all that there uh tbd we don't know so uh he's a wild card for me because the their offense is good enough to pick up a average rotation, which right now I think it's an uh, um, average rotation. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Maybe a little above average uh, just because the upside is there. But I feel like the floor is also very low.
1: The floor is you have four guys injured and then you have to bring four minor leaguer guys, minor leaguers up to...
2: I like Clark Smith. I'm not going to
1: lie. No, I do. Debbie Garcia is great too. He could be awesome but they don't have the experience. And when you're a team trying to compete for a championship, there's a lot of question marks. Not to mention, it's kind of
2: fire. a World Series or bust, like a, that feel in New York, which is normal in that market. Aaron
1: Boone's done after this year if they don't win the World Series.
2: In my, if opinion. they don't win the World Series,
1: yeah, they could get. See, to that's the-
2: tough because they don't have good. They don't have a, a the the rotation that. I mean, their rotate. I mean, in the division, their rotation's fine, but once you get to the playoffs, like, how are you going to match up against the White Sox? Look at their their rotation's way better. Way better. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe one of the best rotations in baseball in, in, the, in the American League. So, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Their other offense, if healthy, one through nine, dude, they can bop you quick for a five spot.
1: We say that every year, though. And then Judge misses 100 games. And I then- think
2: Judge... Oh, I think Judge... I think he's different this year. I really think he stays healthy, and I think he puts up, like, MVP numbers. I really... I'm just... Feel it if you
1: rip that Red Sox shirt off that you're wearing right now. Or is it going to be like a Yankees, like Superman no, no, shirt? No, the... no, no,
2: no, bro. They drafted me, they yeah. gave me oh. a so no. If I if I rip this off, you just see dad bod and chest here. <laughs> well, you're gonna <laughs> hyping... go hand in hand. <laughs> you're hyping up the
1: pinstripes right now, bro.
2: I got him right here. Old Mariano, he's in the book, Jeter, <laughs> the best to do it, you know, classic Jeter. I mean,
1: you, will, got, you got the Yankees. You
2: got the Yankees winning the, the division. The
1: division? Yeah.
2: I got them win the division by nine, ten games. Over no, 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 no. That's not what I have. Nine, yeah, nine games. Nine games. Sorry. I had to, had to check my uh my, my notes. Um I I actually got Tampa Bay coming in second. Okay. Now I know you don't,
1: correct? No, I don't. I so run down yours and I'll run down mine.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go Yankees. I originally had Toronto in second, and I and I did a lot of research. I've been looking at guys. I've been watching the past few days. And I think the deal breaker to put Tampa in second was their bullpen still being together from last year. And we know how important and how on such a pedestal that that bullpen is on in Tampa Bay. But that three-headed monster of Fairbanks, Anderson, Diego Castillo, They're all listed as closers, and they're all used as 7th, 8th, ninth, and they're like interchangeable, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Can they throw every day? No, they might try, but this isn't a 60-game season, so I'm going to be interested to see how they hold together, uh, if they get hurt, because we know Tampa Bay doesn't like to run their starters out there for the third time around the uh, lineup.
1: Not that they don't like to, they refuse to.
2: Right, the bullpen's gonna get tired, dude. Yeah, 160. I got 102 more games than they played last year.
1: That's a good point, though, because the 60 game season sets up for a team like the Rays so much better than other squads. Bingo, dude. Bingo. Good point. Because
2: that run, that like analytical mindset that they had, yeah. it was perfect for last year. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's why they ran away with it uh, last year, because they could just go to the bullpen as much as they wanted and just play those matchups, bringing the guys to 100 was super sync, and they could do it every day and be fine. Mm-hmm. But when you have to play 100 more games than you played last year, that's going to be a problem, and you're going to have to rely on Rich Hill, Archer, Michael Waka, who we're going to hear from in a, in a little bit, Tyler Glass now to give you 190 innings probably. This is going to be interesting, and that's why – I a lot of people probably have them finishing third in the division, but I don't think the Blue Jays have the pitching. They have the offense. I think their offense is going to be, I think, Vlad breaks out. He he dropped all that weight. I think that's a shows me he's super focused and ready to go. Drop that weight, that's going to help him stay healthy, number one, especially playing on that turf. It's a little different now because it's not a turf infield anymore. It used to be turf infield and just dirt around the bases. Now they have the dirt infield, so it's not as much of a – Strain on your joints, but the turf would hit. wear you out. It's a good place to hit, Rogers. Dude, I'm wanted for murder in Toronto. <laughs> murder. I almost had a four homer game there, bro. Really? I had a three homer game there.
1: Ooh, get. Uh, who was pitching?
2: R.A. Dickey started, so his eighty-six mile per hour is like right into my loop.
1: <laughs> so you just love knuckleballs.
2: Uh, I. I, he was tipping his heater. I, I got to be honest here. He was uh, he was tipping his heater. He was doing a thing with his glove. He would, like, tip it and then throw his heater, and then, like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't move it, and he'd throw a knuckleball. I got a double. So, I was four for five, three homers, and a double. Did he ever fix it? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Okay. He, did. he did. I mean, it was obvious. But he had just started doing it. And the year before, he won to Cy Young. My bad. i <laughs> just tasting myself for all listeners. Um. <laughs> Dude, I went like my first at bat. He went like heater middle away, and I shot him like to right, dead right field line drive, pew, homer. I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm feeling myself. <laughs> next, uh, next at bat, uh, knuckleer. I think I had two strikes on me, and I like yanked it down the line for a double, hustle double, like rounded second real hard. Uh, Milky Cabrera's and left like, dude, get back to second base. You're not going three. You're slow. Um, next at bat. He comes set. Oh, here comes a heater, buddy. And it was like a hitter's count anyways. And I leg kicked him. This was before I had a leg kick. And I was like, I'm leg kicking, whatever. I'm going to hit this to the moon. And my, if the roof the roof was open, I don't remember if it was open or not. If it was open, this ball might have left and hit the space needle. Nope, that's wrong city. That's uh, Seattle. That's right? Seattle. Yeah. Well, there's a – okay. Oh, uh, what's the big thing And there's a thing right outside of uh the Rogers Center –
1: it might be called the Space Needle, too, honestly.
2: I don't remember what it's called, but they have a big it's called
1: thing. The, it's also called the Toronto Space Needle.
2: Okay, my bad. I had it right. But uh, you
1: you meant Seattle, though, because you hit it so far. It was actually headed for Seattle, correct?
2: It went – so, if you look in center field, the second deck up there, there's a big Budweiser sign. Right. It landed, like, right next to that. And I you can watch the video. I started to pimp it, and I was like, I hey, you won the Cy Young last year, and I set the bat down and just ran. <laughs> i started i started to watch it because i was like i nutted that ball like i got on the screws like that's my best bolt and i knew it and it, i mean it's like i said it was 87 down the pipe right and uh i started to pimp it this was before pimping homers was cool it was like oh it's your second year in the big leagues Run the bases or i'm gonna hit you in the neck so my bad down ran Dave Bush, who's now the Red Sox pitching coach, came in, threw me a first-pitch bender, thought I'd take it. Took him to the, to the street, too. Um, then my last at-bat, I don't remember who was pitching, but I got a first-pitch breaking ball again, and it just kind of backed up and got in on me a little bit, and Melky caught it on the wall and left center. I think they turned the air conditioner off, <laughs> and it, like, died.
1: Um, so the only reason you hit those first three was because the air conditioner was on.
2: No, 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 bro. They weren't even close.
1: Right, right.
2: They were all take it back. The third one was a scraper. Third one was a scraper, but the second one went no no less than five hundred (laughs) and seventy-five feet. All right, I'm done talking about myself. You sure? Uh for now.
1: So that whole story was to make the case that the Toronto Blue Jays are gonna finish third
2: well i was saying you, you brought it up because you said it was a great place to hit and you just you you struck a nerve and i was like "Whew! i used to be cool and now i'm a dad and which is cool none wrong being a dad but i used to be a big leaguer so big thanks league, for reminding me
1: the way the big league the dads are hitting out dude trout raked last year after becoming a dad um, okay
2: trout's out of the conversation all right he raked when he wasn't a dad he was He's going to raid regardless. P.K.
1: hit a couple homers earlier this spring training. He went to dead
2: center. You saw that? He was like, dad strength,
1: puppy. Yeah. So, like, maybe your comeback season is, like, yet to come. Just because you
2: uh, The metal that's keeping my foot attached to my leg begs to
1: differ. Maybe. All right. Maybe. All right. Let me tell you why the Blue Jays are going to finish second above the Rays. They're lying. Please. They're lying. I know pitching – and, and not to mention – the Rays were, they lost their two best starters with Charlie Morton going to Atlanta. And then they sent Blake Snell over to San Diego.
2: He's only good for five and a third anyways.
1: Yeah, totally. After that, <laughs> third time, of course. But Rich Hill, like solid signing, but like the dude's 40 years old and yeah. he hasn't really pitched really en- enough innings in two, three, since he's with Los Angeles. He really hasn't pitched enough innings. So you're relying on after Glasnow. By the way, Glasnow has yet to really prove himself I mean, I know he had that one really, really good stint when he got traded over to Tampa and he had, like, a sub-two ERA. But since then, he's had injuries, and then he's gotten blasted in the postseason, too. His ERA in the postseason is above four.
2: Yeah, I almost was wondering if he was tipping pitches in the the postseason because people were all over his 100 and then on his breaking ball. I was a little – I was I was watching him close and like slowing him down on video and trying to find if he was tipping. I couldn't find it, but that's from the back view. I don't know if there's something from the plate, maybe because yeah. there's no way as a hitter you're on both of those pitches.
1: Probably not. Not with not with the. not.
2: Hit- I'm yeah. telling you right now, you're not.
1: And then after him, you have Chris Archer, who hasn't logged a lot of innings in a not quality innings, that's for sure. He was pretty terrible in Pittsburgh, and I actually really like where he's. Should, you know, he's he pitching
2: for her it. too, dude. I mean, he, yeah,
1: no, he's got good stuff. And I think going back to Tampa Bay the familiar grounds is really going to help him. but that's kind of my for point sure. is we're saying, well, he could be fine. Well, well, Rich Hill hasn't pitched a lot of innings, but he could be fine. Like there's a lot of could's with Tampa Bay's rotation. And I know there's he's a
2: lot talking. of question marks in this entire division.
1: It is. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying Toronto's rotation is that much better that, um, you know, they got question marks too, but I think I would much rather rely on a guy like engine and you, who has had recent success and has shown that he's capable of pitching close to 200 innings in recent years. And then Robbie Robbie Ray is who knows what you're going to get out of him. I mean, he could get really good Robbie Ray. He could get really bad Robbie Ray.
2: That's Tanner Roark. A ton of high ceilings, low floor guys, you know. Tanner Roark is If you hit on them, then great.
1: Tanner Roark, super steady. Steven Matz, you don't really know. And Ross Stripling, super steady. So I'm counting three. Steady Eddie's in the Blue yeah. Jays rotation. but Tampa Bay, it's not so much steady Eddie. It's – I don't know. Louis Petunia by the way, absolute stud, who they got in the trade for Blake Snell. He could be really, really good. But, again, yeah. another could. <clears throat> he's too young to really know what he's going to
2: be yet. Do we agree that Boston's finishing fourth?
1: Yeah, Boston's finishing But they're
2: going to be competitive. I think yeah. they are too, honestly. I, I mean, I have them right at 500, um, which is like you – know, I had them, um, let's see, I had them four games back of Toronto. Okay. By the way, and like before, five games back of. Before you
1: continue with Boston, just to give people an idea, of, you know, the the betting fans too, the over-unders for win totals this year, let me go through it real quick on the American League East. Yankees were at 97. and you, That's their over-under. I got how them a, just
2: under, how, just because where, of their rotation.
1: And the Tampa Bay Rays are at 86.
2: I got them at 87. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 87. I got them at 87.
1: Over. Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are also at 86.
2: I got them at 85. I got them just under. The
1: Red Sox are at 79 and a half wins.
2: Over. I got them at 81. And the Orioles, well. I'm not even sure. <laughs> but it's I'm going to go under.
1: <laughs> Sixty-three and a half on the Baltimore Orioles. So
2: 63 and a half? Three and a half. That's, you're winning one out of three games. I got to go under because I want them to lose 100. I don't want them to, but if you're gonna get that close,
1: just do it, dude. The win for Baltimore this year is gonna be Adley Rushman comes up and is a stud. Like that's great. If Adley Rushman, like if you win sixty games this year and then Adley comes up and struggles, like,
2: and I want Trey Mancini to go off.
1: Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, because it's like you're right.
2: What he's been through. Yeah. Same thing with Tayon. Tayon, like he beat cancer too. That's real-life stuff that creeps into the fantasy world of baseball. Baseball is like this fantasy world where, you know, you play for as long as you can and then, bam, back in real life. You know, it's like...
1: Dude, that's kind of a problem with front offices in baseball, too. I know this is getting into kind of another conversation, but a lot of times front offices, they think the players, that's just a number. They think of them as, this guy provides 3.2 war on an average. Of course, they don't think of them as people sometimes, and I think that's. No, you get pretty-
2: a war, you have a, and then a dollar sign yeah. next to your name. It's a business dude. You're a chess piece. Like that's all it is. Yeah. Sucks, but Sox. um. Yeah, the, you- the Red Sox board. What was that? Yeah, the Red Sox in Ford, As do I. I do, but I'm intrigued by them. Yeah. Like I'm still like, another team with a ton of question marks, right? So Alex Cora is back. They love Alex Cora there. They do love Alex Cora. Uh, I think he's a really good manager. Um, did he screw up? Yeah, he screwed up and he paid the fine. He paid the, the price. He sat out a year and now he's back. So that's for another conversation. But I like the signs. Kike, Kike Hernandez. And I, you know, I like this term, Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Plug him in anywhere. He's good. Marwin Gonzalez, another Swiss Army knife. Plug him in wherever Kike isn't. These are two guys that you can just plug in one through nine in the lineup um, anywhere, any outfield position, any infield position, and they're going to be serviceable. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a a plus because it gives you flexibility. Now, the new look outfield, Cordero, Verdugo, Renfro, is there going to be enough offensive production there? I know Jackie Bradley was a 240 career hitter, but he's a gold glove defender. One of the best uh, center fielders to ever put on a Red Sox uniform. Um, they're going to plug and play.
1: They're going to stick Marwin out there when they need to. They're going to stick Kike out in the outfield when they need to. So if yeah. Hunter Renfro, if there's a righty on the mound. Hunter Renfro. Yeah,
2: but like, I think their offense is going to be fine. I think Xander Bogarts plays at MVP type level this year. Yeah. He's going to uh, need
1: to if they want to be competitive. They're going
2: to hit. Now, can they prevent runs? What, what are you going to get from Chris Sale? Are you Are going to get more than 10 starts? We had Peter Abraham, uh, beat writer for the Boston Globe on the show uh, a week or two ago, two weeks ago. Was it was our last show, wasn't it? I can't even
1: remember anymore. It's
2: a week it. and a half ago, yeah. week and on. a half um, And he's saying if you get to 10 starts out of Sale, they're going to be happy with that. But their rotation, Evaldi Richards, who led the league in spin rate. I know you like that. Uh, Eddie Rodriguez, Eduardo Rodriguez, who – Sat out last year. He got COVID, and he had some heart conditions post post uh, COVID. Mar- Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, eventually Sale. Hopefully, you get at least ten starts at him. Uh, but the lineup: Kike Verdugo, Bo- Bogarts, JD Martinez, Rafael Devers, Renfro, Christian Vasquez, Bobby Dollback.
1: If I had a dollar for every time you said Bobby Dollback, I'd be his. He, be he just breaks.
2: As He's played in what three or four from spring training games. And he has three dongs he's good dude he rakes and he you watch that swing path that plays any stadium he's st- stupid strong dude. he's got touch power touch pop is what i call we were texting the other day and i said dude you're you're making me look like a genius because i told said you were going to be a breakout player this year
1: all that to finish the fourth it's too bad
2: he's still building his career i mean the you're getting at bats and you're getting experience and you're going to be on this team for a few years until you get too expensive and they trade you to the dodgers <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey on the hey on that in that same breath boston fans close your ears in the last 13 months boston fans have waved, waved goodbye to mookie desmond pedroia jackie bradley jr david price andrew benintendi mitch Moreland, brock holt and then, switch sports, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, switch sports one more time, Gordon Hayward, and I have to include him on this list because he's like one of my favorite players. Edith Cantor as well. Like Those are some big-name dudes that Boston has just been like,
2: see so yeah. it's been, ya. It's been rough, but at the same time, since 2004, they've had somebody win a championship almost every year.
1: Dude, they've been spoiled. Absolutely.
2: So, I don't really want to hear it. Yeah. They've had it pretty lucky. But, okay, so in the same breath of Bobby Dalback, there's a pitcher... Uh, Tanner Hauck. I don't know if you've heard of him. He came up, he had a, he's a big righty came up last year, had three starts, did really well, but he was just fastball slider. And as a starter, it's not going to cut it in the big leagues. Once guys get a book on you, you know, they didn't really know what to expect. There wasn't any video probably. They ran some triple a video. Mm-hmm. So he's developing a splitter. Uh, so that makes me think so like he's probably going to start in triple a and develop that a little more. Mm-hmm. but he's supposed to be like the real deal too. So I keep it a uh, look for him, but I mean, less realist, realistic expectation for the Boston Red Sox this year. If everything goes right, they can be very competitive, but mm-hmm. that's guys having career years. That's Chris sale coming back and being himself, which I'm worried about because of his arm slot. Uh, he throws across his body. It's a lot of stress on that elbow. I don't know how he comes back. Uh, hopefully he's just fine, but JD Martinez is going to have a bounce back year, I think there's he's too good of a hitter to do what he did last year um but there's a big question mark in the bullpen matt barnes adam Ottavino, had some control issues
1: trade the pieces.
2: yeah um if the, yeah if they're not in the mix and Ottavino's for sure gone yeah uh but both of those guys have the capability of being back end um shutdown guys mm-hmm. barnes he'll probably be the setup guy and then Ottavino's. Most likely going to be the closer that wipeout slider. Uh, if those guys are on, yeah, great. They got a uh, Brazier as well. And I just don't know, I don't know if they can prevent enough runs. and Their offense is going to score runs. I think they're going to lose a lot of games eight to five, eight to six. Mm-hmm. But, um, if everything goes right, they're going to be really competitive. But in 162, you're gonna have injuries. Uh, they're still kind of working on that depth in the in the minor leagues, building up that system that Dombrowski burnt to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Bloom's doing a good job doing that. Um, I think they're headed in the right right direction. I just think they're two years probably away. You want to play a game? What is this saw? Okay,
1: we talked about the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox. Let's play a game with the Orioles because
2: I, we I know play. nothing about the Orioles.
1: But no, 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 no. no let's play a game. Okay
2: you ever been to Camden Yards? No, I have not. Okay, let's got to go. It's a, it's a great, great I would love All it. right, carry on.
1: Can you name five Baltimore Orioles in one minute?
2: Is Hanser Alberto still on the Time team? Time
1: is on the clock. Time's running.
2: Is Hanser on the team? Chris Davis. Hanser, Mancini.
1: Hanser is a uh, free agent,
2: by the way. Uh, Thomas. Uh, Thomas. Uh, what you have two right now, geez. <laughs> oh, i want to edit that out. Oh.
1: Um, <laughs> you got you got like 35 seconds.
2: Chris Davis, three Thomas Eshelman. Are you making a mix? No, he's a pitcher, he was with the Phillies, now he's with the Orioles. You don't even know, and you want to play he, the game?
1: You just named a trip the guy in triple A. I have my roster, he pitched in the big leagues. You're at four. You need one more. You have 15 seconds. Name one more uh, Baltimore. JJ
2: Hardy, Adam Jones, <laughs> uh Brooks Robinson. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't care.
1: Fair enough. You lost. You
2: I know four. I stopped at four on purpose. Yeah.
1: Pat Valeca. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes. Ryan Mountcastle. He was actually pretty decent last
2: year. You know why I blanked, you know why I blanked Baltimore out of my mind? Because that was the last team I ever played against. And one of those dudes came up and hit a jam shot to left field. I went out to catch a blooper and broke my leg in 47 places. So I don't even believe that the Orioles are a real team anymore.
1: So you have a grudge against Freddie Galvis and the Baltimore Orioles for that.
2: Freddie Galvis is on their team?
1: He signed with them this offseason. I didn't Yomar know that. Sanchez. Freddie
2: Galvis is a good player, dude.
1: Nomar Sanchez, the gold Glover, two years ago. He's with Baltimore.
2: From the White Sox? <laughs> yeah. I like him, too all right sneaky sneaky baltimore
1: you got them over they
2: finished fourth i'm just hey, kidding
1: you got them over 63 and a half wins
2: now i talked you into it yeah i got them over you got you talked me into it dude i love freddy galvis he plays hard like he plays so hard he plays the game the right way i really like him uh but that's all i'm saying about the baltimore Warriors. they don't deserve it
1: fine it's time don't. to time to talk some more raised baseball michael walker coming up next
0: Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players. The new balance fuel cell 4040 V seven is a versatile option. The 4040 V seven is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the Forty Forty at newbalance.com.
1: Back here with Michael Waka, one of the newest faces of the Tampa Bay Rays, going to be entering his ninth season, Major League Baseball. I mean, NLCS MVP as a rookie, uh, I mean, your resume speaks for itself and I'm excited for you because you look pretty good in your first start. Um, let me ask you, you felt pretty good to get back out there and, you know, normal spring training ish, uh, kind of nice to get back <laughs> around and the with the new squad.
3: Yeah, it, it definitely was nice to get back out there. Um, you know, it's always nice getting out there and facing, uh, some new guys and a, a different team than you know the live BPs against your own guys on the backfield. So it's good to get a little little uh, little game action, get the competition and the juices flowing. And uh, no, I was happy with with how everything was feeling. Man, uh, the arm was feeling good, the body was feeling good, and the ball's coming out nice. And so it was a it was a good first start and a good one to you know just keep building off of. And uh, you know, looking forward to where it goes this spring.
2: Now, I'm guilty of this, and I think a lot of the baseball world is guilty of this. Is they're kind of counting out the Rays this year? Um, you know, they lost obviously Snell, Morden. Nope. you know they didn't make a huge splash, which Tampa never does. Obviously, that's just right. kind of what they're known for. Um, but I mean, the base of the offense is still there. Uh, one of the bases is Randy Rosarena. What do you got on that guy? Is he is he as fun as he seems? I I know Brett Phillips. So I'm not even going to ask you oh, about yeah. Phillips. So, what do you got on Randy? I'm I'm, I'm super interested to hear about okay. what he's like as a teammate.
3: Oh, Randy is uh wow, what a player he is, man. He is an exciting dude. Um, so I got a chance to play with him a little bit in St. Louis. That's right. Um, in 2019, so I knew him a little bit there, and then, um, you know, he gets traded over here to Tampa, and then I signed here with Tampa, so we're reuniting a little bit. But, you know, I just remember hearing about him in the minor leagues over there uh, with the Cardinal organization about how this dude's just tearing it up. And so we saw a little glimpse of that in 2019, but his burst out season last year was was amazing, man. He's an exciting dude, a lot of fun in the clubhouse. He, he likes to have a good time. He's always smiling. I don't think he's ever had a bad day. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a great guy to be around, great clubhouse guy to have in there as well. I'm looking forward to what he's going to be doing this year for sure.
1: Let me ask you this, because I think a lot of people are confused at how Tampa Bay is exactly run, and there's not a whole lot of like we'll mentioned. They're a you know low market, small market team. <laughs> who, who would you consider like? I know it's early, but who's like the leader of that clubhouse? Um, because obviously, you had Charlie Morton leave, um, Blake yeah. Snell just left, a couple of those veteran guys have left, and again, I know it's early. I'm just kind of curious who's kind of leading those uh, leading those talks.
3: Yeah, we uh. Our center fielder, Kevin Kiermaier, he's been there for a yeah. little while now. And so he's I've, – I've noticed he's really kind of got a good hold of the clubhouse and, you know, seems like great relationship with everybody. And so, I mean, he's shooting us the text on, um, you know, things about what we need to be expecting, you know, this season and, you know, just updates and stuff about scheduling and stuff. But, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely one of the leaders on this team for sure. But – like you said, yeah, there's not a lot of you know high-profile guys out there, but it seems like the Rays are always in it each each year these past uh, you know few years, and uh, you know it just seems like they just keep getting the job done.
1: Yeah, so, so just give that. leadership Go role. ahead, Danny. What? It's good to know they give that leadership role to the most beautiful human in Major League Baseball. Kevin, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong. Like he's got the blue eyes, and look, I'm very happily engaged, but. man this is the beautiful (laughs) dude are you done i'll
3: have to pass the word on to (laughs) him
2: so so talking about you being in tampa and then obviously in new york last year but you came up and, and got to the big leagues and spent a lot of time in st louis which was really known for just kind of being old school baseball and then now you're in tampa which is known as like the analytical mecca of baseball um Danny can probably dig into this more after this, but can you just talk a little bit on the difference in playing in St. Louis when it comes to analytics and the metrics and how they coach you up on those things and how much they include you in the analytical discussions uh, just compared to Tampa Bay or St. Louis compared to Tampa Bay?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a different game now. I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences from whenever I first came in the league to right now is the analytics in the game i mean it's just every team's gotten a hold of it but with my career in st louis i was not introduced to it very much um you know we would throw a, a bullpen in front of a rap maybe once a month maybe um towards the end of my uh time there and so I, I really didn't have a good grasp on it until this past, uh, year with the Mets. I signed a one year deal with them and Jeremy Hefner over there was really good with, you know, just the understanding the, all the lingo, understanding what the numbers and everything is like, he's been doing it for a few years now. And so he was really good at communicating that stuff to me who, you know, had a hard time understanding that stuff, uh, and still, still having a hard time with it, uh, with some stuff. but. I'm getting a hold of it, and I've noticed these guys down here with the Rays. They uh, they've been doing it for a while, and they are on top of their stuff, man. Um, Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach, he's he's one of the most unbelievable dudes I've already met, man. He is. I'm I'm just really looking forward to working with him, and uh, you know, just learning as much as I can over these uh, over this year for sure.
1: And the elephant in the room with Tampa too is like last World Series, obviously with the Blake Snell incident. they're known for they don't want their starters to pitch past that second time through the order how communicative are they with you guys especially with when you were negotiating contract and whatnot are they telling you guys like look this is what we believe in um we're going to stick to it or is it kind of just play it by ear and we'll see how it goes
3: no they're they're very much up front with you um that was one of the one of the things whenever Eric Neander called me and, you know, started showing interest, he said, he's not going to blow any smoke up yet. You know, he's going to be as honest as he can. And so, you know, that's something that you look forward and you, you want that as a player, you know, you want that honesty and you want them to shoot you straight as much as you can. And so, um, you know, that was definitely one of the things with them on, on why I signed there, but no, um, he, uh, that that organization, they they really do do the things right, you know.
2: So, uh, ch- changing gears a little bit. Obviously, yeah, you, we talked about you being in St. Louis. Um, how big an influence? I know Wayne Wright, how important he was to you, and and shaping who you were as a pitcher and a and a player. Uh, but I want to obviously want to hear about that. But then I want to hear about Yachty too, because Yachty's coming to an end. Of, I mean, I think he's the best defensive catcher to ever do it um yeah people may argue i that's fine i don't care but um <laughs> i think he's a hall of famer um i don't know just what was it like to throw to a guy like that and learn from a guy like wayno
3: yeah those uh those two guys were were the staples there in st louis and so i i remember my first like couple days there i just tried to um tried to meet those guys and immediately started watching them i just watched you know When they showed up to the field what they did while they were at the field um how they carried themselves whenever they were away from the field just tried to tried to watch them as much as they could and as we were talking earlier about leadership those two were the one some of the best leaders um they had us ready to play um all the time but wayno um you know just one of the most unbelievable human beings i've ever met he uh I, i really enjoyed my time with him and you know, pitching the same rotation with him over the years. So I learned learned a lot of stuff. A lot of my game is probably uh mimicked after him. Um but he uh he's also one of the probably the most talented human beings as well. He uh he's a good actor, he's a good singer, dancer, he's a comedian. He's he's got all of it. But he uh he's a really good dude and touch on Yachty, I mean he like you said, I think he's the definitely one of the best best defensive catchers to ever do it he's got an absolute cannon he can as a pitcher in the running game he absolutely shuts it down you don't have to worry about holding runners really because he's gonna throw them out no matter if you're one two to the plate or one eight to the plate he's still got you so he's uh he's unbelievable and he puts in the most work that I've ever seen he's he's the first one of the field Usually drenched in sweat by the time everyone else gets there oh, and cool. the last one to leave. He uh he, he's a really good dude and definitely one of the one of the best catchers I've thrown to for sure. Did
2: you ever shake him off? <laughs>
3: uh not until I was three years in. So <laughs>
2: get the arbitration bud and <laughs>
3: Yeah, get to arm before you know, <laughs> before you can start shaking the goat.
2: I love it.
1: When you were in New York, uh, New York last year, it was a weird season. Like it goes without saying with the pandemic. And there was all kinds of interruptions. But that being said, Will always describes it like this: the whole Mets gonna met. Is there any legitimacy like culture-wise? And they've had some changes now, obviously, with new ownership. Right. Is there any legitimacy to culture within the New York Mets with because I, I think it's kind of a myth, but then there's the other aspect where they've had tons of talent. They really just haven't quite put it together yet.
3: Yeah. Um I I really did enjoy my time over there. That clubhouse and that group of guys was, oh, man, there were some really, really good dudes over there and really talented players as well. You know, I felt like we definitely underperformed last year. We did not play as well as we could have. We should have won a lot more games, and I don't think anybody was really excited about how that season turned out because we definitely had higher expectations going into that season for sure. But with injuries and, you know, opt-outs and just, you're just trying to you know different hop goes a different way a certain day and you know different things could happen and so you know just uh things just didn't go the way that we wanted to there was a lot of talk about ownership getting changed over uh during the season and things like that that can you know cause distractions for some people as well so it was uh it was definitely an interesting year but uh you know you try to learn from it as much as you can and I enjoyed my time over there, man. That's a good group of dudes. And, um, you know, I didn't notice any of that the Mets, Mets the Mets
1: stuff that y'all talk. Hey, that's Brooksy talking. That's not me. (laughs) Yeah, that's all, Will. Yeah. Hey, all
2: right. I got to get to the one important question I have. I only have one important question, Mike. Uh, Drag him. Do you think I actually tripped Alan Craig? <laughs> Bro, yeah, I dug 100%. I dug out the cleats.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. These are god, the yeah.
2: cleats that I Damn, tripped allen Craig with. Yeah. All right. No, that was a for him.
3: sure trip, man. I saw you. Yeah. You like locked eyes to see where Craig was, and then you like
2: leg whipped him? Up.
3: Yeah, leg whipped him. <laughs> he was already hurting, man. He was already had a sore. I was foot. trying to
2: kick him while he was down, Mike.
3: Yeah, man. Come on i i remember just seeing some memes about you and like just everywhere oh, the one
2: about down. me uh laying in front of your airplane so you couldn't leave because you guys were uh delayed remember that
3: yeah nice. Oh. yeah that
2: oh, was yes. yeah that was a fun time though. Like parents out. go ahead go ahead
3: yeah fun times for you yeah well, you got a <laughs> ring i don't <laughs>
2: I was saying fun time for our parents. They're they're driving up, following each other up from our hometown. If that's what people don't know who are listening to the show is Mike and I grew up in the same town. We went to rival high schools. I was two years older, but when he got to, when he, I faced him in high school, that was before you, I mean, you could pitch, but you just didn't throw very hard. You know, you were, you were, you hadn't hit that big growth spurt yet. You were still tall and skinny, but you were throwing like low, low eighties probably when you were a sophomore yeah oh when did the VLO come? like your yeah. senior year you hit 90 probably right
3: yeah maybe touch 90 my senior year but yeah. probably sitting around 85 86 but yeah yeah Not, I, I didn't really start throwing hard until I started putting on some weight and started eating and hitting the weight room in college yeah. so yeah
2: yeah I remember but looking yeah, up like, and seeing you uh, pitching and I went 97 like <laughs> Walker what I knew he could pitch <laughs> yeah. but golly yeah yeah, no, that's, it's been hey, fun I was,
3: you. Hey, I was a little 6'4", 170 pounds, if that, in high school. So, no, it was uh, – no, I always remember, man, we were teammates on the Legion Legion Ball Club. Remember
2: ball after my senior no, year. Just, yep.
3: Yeah, it was just uh, – no, that was awesome for, you know, city of Texas, our parents, family, and oh, yeah, all those sure. people rallying
1: around that World Series for
3: sure. Yeah, that was
2: a good time.
1: Oh yeah, you guys are too cute. Um, right. <laughs> I want to play a game. I want to. I want to keep the fun vibes going here. Uh, we're gonna play a little game here, Mike. It's called Name That Player. Some of them might be teammates. Some of them might not. But I'm gonna describe them. You have to name what player this was. I tried to keep it as easy as possible. All right, all right. more or less. All right, number one. There's four of them. Number one, this player was selected one spot before you in the 2012 MLB draft.
3: Was it uh Stratton?
1: I think he's one after you actually.
3: Oh, Stratton was after me?
1: I want to say I want to say
3: 18th. I don't so I don't even remember the 18th pick cuz I had a feeling or kind of knew that I was about to go 19, so I was already I think I was blacked out already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you a hint. Who yep. was it? Yeah. Oh, All
1: yeah. right. yeah, he has a brother in the big leagues right now too. Oh, Seeger? there you go, Corey Seeger. Okay, okay, yeah. Stratton right. was taken right after you, and then after good that, actually, Lucas and Marcus Sorry. Stroman right after that. So you yeah, Stro,
3: was a little bit right.
1: Oh, yeah, it hey, was a good Old draft. Name.
3: I had a, I had a teammate go 15th overall that year too, Tyler Naquin.
1: Tyler Naquin. yeah, dude, your college. Team.
2: I've completely forgot he went yeah. there. Salt's Stripling up. went there. Mang- yeah. Did you play with Alex Wilson.
3: Did not play with Willie. No. Oh, you missed
2: him. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Danny. Continue. Can I go now? All right. Sorry. Are
1: you done? Sorry. All right. Oh for one. <laughs> Number two. All right. Who's your first career strikeout? First career? Oh, uh, Alex Gordon. Bingo. Ding. Yeah.
2: Was it a change up?
1: No. <laughs> That's butter. the only swing and mess I got. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, in 2013, you threw eight and two thirds no hit innings against Washington. I hate to bring up this memory because I know it still eats at you. Who got the hit? Who got the hit that broke up the no hitter? And who were you pitching against?
3: Uh, Zimmerman was the hitter, Ryan Zimmerman, and pitching against geo gonzalez yeah so thanks for bringing up some bad memories there i'm sorry dude no
2: no no no, though it's still pretty impressive
3: i know yeah hey but yeah you're that
2: close it's like did you remember watching that after it
3: still got some opportunity so did you talk with ryan
1: at all after it
3: uh no i've never talked to him about it no he's with the same agency as me as well and I still think that he's never ran a faster 90 than than that <laughs> hit right there, man. He was moving down the line. I've never seen infield hit. Yep. So it it still stings a little
1: bit, but it's all good. Yeah. It was it was still a good outing.
2: Thanks for picking that scab, Danny. Move on to the next one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Number four, last one. All right. This one is more complimentary. Okay. You'll like me a little bit more after this one. Okay. Four rookies have won the LCS MVP in LLB history. You, Mike Bodeker in 1983, LeVon Hernandez, and there's one other player besides you three that has won that award as a rookie. Can you name that one player? And you do know who this person is. He's very familiar to you. And we've actually may have mentioned his name in this podcast. Really? really? Okay. NLCS.
3: Rookie. MVP. LCS, yep. That was a rookie.
2: Man. It's right under your nose. I know, right? right I, there. I,
1: stumped, I stumped Brooksy with it earlier for yeah. like a little bit, but he eventually got it. He needed some hints. All right.
2: He's the best dancer on your team.
1: On our team?
3: Oh, are you talking about Randy? Bingo. Go. Oh, okay. I thought you said NL.
1: Oh, I'm okay. sorry. LCS. LCS. Okay. LCS. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
3: Gotcha. You're okay. saving yourself.
1: You're saying when Randy. Randy listens, Rosa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When Randy listens to this and he says, Wow, how'd you get that question wrong? He'd be like, oh, I, I thought he said nationally. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, 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 I won. The, it was a different trophy than I won.
1: So. <laughs> All right, well.
3: No, no, good, good questions. I would two for four, two for four, five. That's not
2: bad. That's, okay, that's not a bad. solid day at the plate. Solid all right, man. Day. Thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy time for you. You playing any golf or no?
3: I haven't been maybe like one or two rounds, uh, right. you know, in the past couple of months. So it's been, right. we're, we've been busy at the field. So no, it's well, been.
2: All right. Well, good luck this year bro. and uh, go get you some dinner. I know it's about yep. that time. It's the best part of spring training is you're able to eat dinner on a regular schedule every night. You got to yep. be up at five thirty the next morning, but yep. uh, early dinner. Appreciate sorry, it, man. I, it is good catching up.
1: Yeah, best of luck to you, I, huh? Thank you. Big thank you to Michael Waka for joining us on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Let me ask you this, because Waka certainly is a candidate for uh, kind of a sleeper guy to break out. Who's one guy in the American League East this year that? You have this punch, he's gonna have a breakout year and nobody's really talking about
2: well, I've been I've been talking about him for weeks, especially on this show, Mr. Bobby Dalban. Dude, I believe in him, dude. I just have Dalbeck. a lot of conversations and we talk hitting and this and that. And I think it's I mean, all right, so let's look at last year's numbers. He only played 23 games, 92 played appearances, he had 263. I know no one likes batting average anymore, but his OPS was 959. Pretty good. That's very good. Uh eight homers, sixteen RBIs. The glaring number is thirty-nine strikeouts. He's almost a forty percent strikeout rate, ten walks. That's not gonna do it. Um, but I think that buffs out. I think he buffs that out. Um, he looks really good this spring. He's being selective at the play. Now it's been like four games. I get it. It's spring training. Pitchers are working on stuff, it's not the same competitive level. Um but his swing path his swing path plays and i i i really believe in his approach and his swing um just his general nature he's super laid back and calm mm-hmm. he's a he's a natural third baseman he's super athletic he's moving to first as a third baseman me who played a lot of first base when i got to play first base i always hit better because I was super relaxed on the defensive side of the ball. It's way less stressful. You just got to tackle the ball, like knock it down and flip it to the pitcher, catch Mm -hmm. the ball from someone else. It's like a stress-free game. So not having to worry about, you know, having to dive for balls in the six hole or down the line and make a perfect throw 120 feet to first base. It, It sounds stupid, but that anxiety being gone for him, I think he has more focus at the plate and has more success and, the power's there. We know that. So it's just the consistency and and what I talked about with Bobby was he's got touch power. So just touch it. Like you don't need to do too much. You don't need to hit the ball five hundred feet. You just gotta hit it like 410. Yeah, so four ten. Yeah, just being consistent. And um, I think he not he could strike out one hundred fifty times and hit forty homers. Like he really could do that. Um, like Mark Reynolds, but. Um, I think he's going to have a great year. If he hits 40 homers and strikeouts 150, 150 times, no one's going to complain because he hit 40 homers. He can
1: strike so. out 200 plus and that'd be fine.
2: Right. I think he's going to be fine. That's my breakout guy. Long, long, long story short, Bobby Dalback breaks out.
1: I'm rolling with Clint Frazier. He's finally going to get an opportunity to play this year, I think. I know they still re Brett Gardner, but all indications are he's going to get a chance to play finally. It's yeah. been a long time come for Clint Frazier and two, it, when people look at Clint Frazier, a lot of people are like, well, he really hasn't done it for a long term, but dude, you look at his, his analytics too. I mean, his outfield jump was in the 67th percentile last year. So he's good in the field. And then you look at his bat, his hard hit percentage was in the 72nd percentile. Exit velocity 61st percentile is barrel percentage 82nd percentile. He also had one of the highest walk percentages in baseball. Granted, limited opportunities because he really hasn't gotten his shot. But this guy, I mean, his analytics are through the roof. And he hasn't even really got an opportunity to play on a day-to-day basis. So, Clint Frazier, especially in that lineup, going to get it a lot of opportunities. If you're a fantasy guy, too, you got like to like Clint Frazier.
2: I like it mainly because there's so many weapons in the Yankees lineup. They're going to see Clint Frazier and be like, oh, we, we can take a deep breath here and he's going to pop you. Yeah, he's got he's he's super athletic. You throw anything over the zone, he's going to bop you. So, um, yeah, that's the issue is you're going to get past Judge and Stan LeMahieu. My names go on and on. And then you're like, oh, I'm Frazier. Finally, like I'm going to get ahead of the fastball. wop, Three run homer. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah. But it's interesting, too, with Frazier. And uh, I know we're running out of time here, but exit velocity, barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, sweet spot percentage all went up last year. The only thing that yep. went down was, uh, excuse me, launch angle. Interesting and he had a good year. So it's, you know, kind of an interesting little twist.
2: When your launch angle goes down, it's not always a bad thing because a lot of flyouts could be line drives and that makes your launch angle go down. So um that number isn't all telling like of your success because high launch angle could mean you're out too. And then a line drive is less launch. So who knows? You just have to look at the, the full picture, but I agree. I think he has a great year. Well,
1: Will's got the Yankees I have the Yankees. The only difference is I get the Blue Jays behind the Yankees. Brooksy has the Rays yep. the well, let's see what pans out in the American League East. But uh, we'll be kicking it with you guys next week, next Sunday again. Until then, you got Frank and the crew all week long with the Fantasy Baseball Day podcast. But until next Sunday, for Brooksy or Danny, adios, people.
0: Okay, picture this.